Hey everyone, welcome to Space for Our Stories. I'm your host, Alyssa, and this is a space for creative streamers and doers who give a damn and dare to be real. So whether you're looking to carve out a space for yourself in this world, or you're looking for a community centered around intentional connection and genuine conversations, please pull up a chair and have a seat with us. You're more than welcome. Today, I'm so excited to share an episode that we actually ended up recording live with Rowan back in May 2023. Rowan Messina is an incredible musician, singer, actor, and community leader. And with over 2 million streams on Spotify, she continues to make music that just deeply resonates and really pulls on our heartstrings. And in this episode, we really discuss her journey as an artist, having patience and trust in the journey, healing through generational traumas, and really just getting out of your own way. And though this was a much older conversation recorded in 2023, I truly believe that the themes that we spoke about and the gems that she shared are just so timeless, which is why I feel like this came in perfect timing and alignment especially as we conceptualized the idea of Space for Our Stories in a much different way than how I had initially approached it back then. So with that, let's dive on in. Hey, everyone. What did you think about Rowan? Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully, hopefully sometime soon, for sure. Incredible. I'm still reeling in all of the feelings. I think it was incredible that you performed music we could all sing and vibe to and also just shared your story through your music. It was incredible. So thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. Of course. (laughs) You're so cute. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know, uh, Coffee and Combos started as a podcast years ago. So this is kind of our tribute and also our way of re-entering, engaging conversation with Rowan after her performance. And I really just want to know your story, Rowan. So that's where we'll start. For sure. Um, So I started singing at the age of seven um, under the direction of my mother. She is also a musician, a singer, a dancer, all that stuff. She like used to ditch school when she was in high school to go perform on the Filipino channel and stuff. Real cool, I had no idea. And I was like, that's where I get my ditching from. Got it. (laughs) So I was like, mom, you can't even be mad at me. Um, Right, yeah. The apple don't fall far at all. So I started singing under the direction of hers. I grew up, like my first memories coming to life would be of me being at home and she would be playing piano in the in the living room and she had students coming in and out of the house all the time that she would be training. Um, of course, in every Filipino household, there's karaoke. So one night after one of her rehearsals, she was like, Rowan, come over here and sing this song. I didn't know what it was. She didn't care. She was like, you know it, sing it. I was like, okay, great. So the moment she heard I could sing, it was a rap. It was like, yeah, you're singing in my choir now. You're singing at church. I'm at the dentist, and she's like, sing for them real quick. (laughs) Pinching my arms and shit to make me go sing, and I'm just like, okay. So growing up, I actually really hated it because I was like, this is not enjoyable for me. This is so annoying. Like, um, I wish I had footage of it, but we used to... She used to host these competitions. Like, there would be singing competitions. I don't know if you guys have ever seen them at Seafood City, 
but she would host those sometimes and she'd make me go up there and sing. And my mom is so theatrical. So she's like, Anak, do your actions and da da da. <laughs> so to be spiteful, I'd get up there and I would just stand in place and I would sing. And you see her glaring at me from the side. <laughs> but I'm like, what you gonna do? Come up here and, and make me dance? So, um, but I'm so grateful for my mother because it's definitely brought me to where I am today. Um, I have a friend named Anthony, and he also joined our choir, and he was like, have you ever performed, like, outside of church and family parties? I'm like, no. And so he actually introduced me to start performing at music talent shows and, um, like, Sue High's talent shows and all that stuff like that, and just, you know, all over Southern California, and that's kind of where I started drawing a liking to it. I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of good at this. Like, I get it now, Ma, I get it. So it was pretty dope. Um, then I wanted to take it further because I just knew that there was more to it. I'm like, that's when I started writing music at the age of 14 and um, started recording. I didn't actually start recording until um, like 2016, I want to say. But after that, um, I realized that nothing made me happier than being in my mom's dance studio, whether that be me um, rehearsing with, excuse me, that Bibinka was like, hey girl, <laughs> excuse me. Um, whether that was like rehearsing and dance with my brothers, we all grew up dancing together too, um, or just being over there like, you know, making music with my friends who would like play guitar and have jam sessions and stuff. Um, unfortunately, no, not unfortunately, fortunately though, I took a different route um, when I was 17 and graduating high school, at that time I was already performing damn near at all the high schools. So I was like, oh, becoming famous is gonna be a breeze for me. Like, the heck? Like, I'm already performing all over San Diego. I graduated and I was like, so nobody wants to like pick me up, like, no label. And it's like, girl, you have no music out. But like, at 17, you don't know these things, right? I'm just thinking, like, my homies rock with me, so I'm obviously gonna be great. And um, I didn't know the first thing about the industry outside of Music Learning Center, which was my mom's studio. And I allowed that to discourage me enough where I was like, okay, well, music's obviously not gonna make a living for me, so I'm gonna go to nursing school. Um, no, my mother did not make me go to nursing school as a <laughs> Filipina, she, she really didn't. As a matter of fact, I remember telling my mom um, hey mom, I'm gonna go to nursing school. She was like, for what? And I was like, cause I need to do something with my life. She's like, you're 18. Like, I'm not kicking you out of the house. I, why don't you just figure it out? Like, figure out what you wanna do. I'm not forcing you or anything. I was like, no, 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 I'm gonna be a nurse. And I had it planned out. Nurse at 18, graduate at like 20, 22 or whatever, work for 10 years, retire. I had my life planned out. I was like, by 35, I'm good. I'm done. Delulu. <laughs> Delulu. So then I, I, I did. I went to nursing school. And then I remember um, I graduated and I was sitting at my first nursing job. And of course, when you're a new grad, you have to take the crappy shifts. So I was a knock nurse. I should have known this place was going to work me to the bone because immediately they were like, oh, we're going to hire you as charge nurse. I was like, you know, I just walked out of my classroom. Like, I just graduated. So sure. Um, I hated it ended up becoming extremely depressed, and I was like, what did I do? Like, I just spent thousands of dollars going into nursing school, and I hate it. I was like, I don't even like it, and these people smell. I was like, what the heck? Like, what? I was like, 
crying dang near every day. But then I knew, like, because I'm so stubborn, um, I was like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I'm just grind through it. Because, again, it's only 10 years. I'm going to retire in 10 years. <laughs> silly. <laughs> so silly. Um, fortunately, though, I got connected with a few people in the industry who allowed me to, you know, start coming up to LA and recording. And then that's where I saw this whole new world of like, oh, okay, it's not that I'm not talented or anything. I just don't know people. And I don't know the first thing about how to become an artist. Um, so through those experiences, that's when I just started to get more connected in the industry. And, um, you know, kind of, I, I've been through just the crappiest situations you can think of too with music because the industry just really sucks in that way. Um, so I did go through those kinds of things too. It's just, it's honestly been, and to this day is like an up and down kind of ride. But um, yeah, so that's my story. And now, but now I'm not a nurse. I'm, okay, I'll forever be a nurse. But um, I actually was able to finally fully transition out of that after eight years of like becoming a nurse. I now can say that I'm a full-time artist. Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful. Make that jump. I don't care what is standing in your way. Make that jump today or tomorrow or whenever your next shift <laughs> is. Whenever the next time you got to go into work, if you don't like it, go in there and be like, hey, I'm going to be something else. This is my two-week notice. Don't do that. That's really yes. shitty advice. But like, like, obviously, build your money up and you know do what you got to do to take care of yourself and then make the transition out. So... Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. Well, I mean, I'm curious. Like, how was your transition into being a full-time artist? Hard. Hard. Um, so I moved up to L.A. about three years ago because, thankfully, in 2020, I was getting booked to write a lot and, and collaborate with different artists, especially hip-hop artists, to the point where my life was looking like I would work from 7 to 3 in the morning, I mean, 7 in the morning to 3 p.m., go home, take a shower real quick, and then book it up to L.A., get there by 7 p.m., record until 2 in the morning, drive back home, sleep for, like, 30 minutes, get up, shower, do it again, like, the following day. And I was just, like, doing that for, a like, I want to say three months straight because it was, like, you know, it was great, though. I was getting booked, and finally I was, like, okay, let me just move out here. So when I finally moved at the end of 2020, I was still commuting. I was working three days a week as a nurse in San Diego, and then uh, the rest of my week would be up in LA, and I was like, this isn't working. Mm -hmm. um, I did work for a little bit when I was up in LA, and then when I was like, okay, I'm finally done. Um, it's been hard. It wasn't anything that I thought it would be. Like, I was thinking, okay, cool. I'm ready to make this jump, and I'm gonna feel so free. And then you go from working a condition of like, I've worked for, like, you know, 10 years at that point where you're on a schedule and you know exactly what you got to do to finally having this open space where you're like, oh, I have to create my schedule. Mm -hmm. I have to look at how to make my time productive. And I had no idea how to do that. So that's when the heavy imposter syndrome started to kick in. Because I'm like, if I'm not, unfortunately, I think a lot of us could relate. Maybe not, though. I'm not going to speak for you. But I feel like a lot of us could relate. Like, when you, I'm the type of person who, if I'm not, busy or I'm not doing anything and I'm not consistently moving, I don't feel like I'm successful or I don't feel like I am productive enough. So I'm like always having to be on the move. And unfortunately, that was my upbringing. That's what I saw growing up and that's what's conditioned in my mind. So having to unlearn all of that and understanding that rest is also essential into yes. my daily, um, it's, it's been tough and I still struggle with it today. 
I'm the same way. Yeah. I feel like battling with imposter syndrome is something that happens in waves, right? You're like, yes, I'm doing so great because I'm booked and busy. And like you said, when you hit those lows or you have like a slow moment, maybe a client hasn't hit you up in like a couple weeks, you're like, oh no, like maybe I shouldn't have done this. And mm-hmm. then you start like going down the rabbit hole of should I have even done this? Should I have even, and it's all like in our head. And I would love for you to talk about how you get out of those rhythms. And I know you you mentioned breaking those cycles and relearning, and that's not an easy thing at all. So what tools, what um, resources, or what do you lean on to really ground yourself and remind yourself, like you mentioned earlier during your performance, that you do, you're, you're progressing constantly, you're growing, you have something to look forward to, you're not just like a number or a statistic. Yeah. So, ow. So I had to, I had to definitely show myself what it would look like to create a schedule and then that I realized was not working. So I would like wake up and then I would go work out. Not every day. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I would work out sometimes and then I would go sit in front of my studio and then I would try to make some music and whatever, but then I would realize that I'm just being met with so many blockages. It's like I'm forcing myself to sit here because, well, this is what I should write in my planner. This is what I should do. This is how I'm gonna be productive. So again, I'm falling into that same cycle of create a schedule for yourself, create a routine. But when you're a creative or when you're doing something, you're an entrepreneur or whatever, you don't have a routine. There's not a daily thing that you do. So what I realized was after a lot of trial and error that the way that I get out of my imposter syndrome is to start honoring what I do on the daily for real. So like I said, I wasn't working out every day, but now I wake up and I'm like, I know that even if I get my body moving for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, if that's a walk around the block, that's going to reset my mind and give me a fresh new outlook on like what my day can look like. And I say can look like because before my mindset was like, oh, it should look like this. But now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to allow things to flow to me. And I'm, I had to really let go of that control mm-hmm. in anything, in how my music is supposed to sound, how I'm supposed to write, how I'm supposed to be performing something, and just do it. So even if it's like five minutes in front of here and I record a melody, I, t- I have to remind myself that that is more productivity than me sitting in front of my computer for four hours trying to put something together that I know just ain't there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, Taking oh I got a dog and um, she's seven months now she's my Aww. big baby I know she's so stinking cute um, even like playing with bougie and and taking her out and honoring yeah <laughs> yeah she she lives up to her name she's so sickening it's it's so uh, she eats better than me too it's ridiculous but she definitely plays into. Um, that healthy mindset for me because I know that I have to like take care of her and make sure that her needs are getting met too. So when I'm doing that, it's like, okay, Ro, like this is the type of stuff that you can honor throughout your day. It doesn't have to be strictly music all the time and what does looking like an artist look like all the time. And one thing that I wanted to point out is that um, we just had this conversation the other day, low key, but when you're in a certain position, even in your jobs that you work today, right? We often allow society and then ourselves to dehumanize ourselves, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So 
that was the biggest struggle for me because I'm like, oh, if I'm not recording every day, I'm not an artist. And it's like, yeah, you are. Like, you don't work on Mondays as a nurse. Are you not a nurse anymore? You know what I mean? And um, for me, what I really battled with was like, a lot of people see this end product and I think we do it mindlessly and, and unconsciously where we're like, well, I have to make it seem like I have my life together because this is what I'm letting everybody see. But people don't see like, to be real with you guys, like I said, I've been struggling. These last couple months have been rough. And I was telling like, <laughs> and I apologize that my communication has sucked up until like this event, but I was, I shut everybody out and it's like, I'm not gonna like talk to anybody until I feel like I'm all better. I'm not gonna do anything until I feel like I'm great. I'm not gonna post anything until I have something post worthy. And it's just like, dude, when I actually open up and tell people how I'm struggling with certain things or how I'm battling with certain things in my life, this is kind of what brings that connection back to us as human beings, which I feel like a lot of us are lacking within each other. Cause I'm like, I don't make music I don't want to be hella famous and do all these other things like that. That's not why I make music. I make music for connection. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, I'm still a person behind what you see in my product. So why can't I allow myself to show you guys that part of me too? Um, I think it's like another way that I get out of that imposter syndrome is to really shed the idea of what I feel like I'm supposed to look like for other people. Yes. Take me, this is like this, this here is me and I plan on being this person always because the moment I am in these different positions where I'm performing back to back to back each week for like three months straight, I'm noticing that I'm like, okay, like my head's down in the game and you guys just see this performance part of me and then I start to feel so disconnected with myself. And then everybody's like, you know, well, like, are you ungrateful that you had? No, I'm not ungrateful. Mm -hmm. It's just like, dang, I just allowed myself to become so robotic in what I'm doing that I forgot to check in with me yeah. two months ago. Mm -hmm. So it's like now, what place am I operating from giving you guys a performance? Who am I really? Like performing in front of you. I'm singing these songs about heaven on earth, like really connected to my grandma. And I feel like I'm just everywhere but here. So I think doing the things every day that remind you of yourself, talking to the people that bring you closer to yourself, um, that's really what helps get me out of those funks. That's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Of course. I thank you for sharing just, just being vulnerable and really sharing where you're at because mental health is huge. Taking care of ourselves mentally, spiritually, physically, whatever that looks like for you is so important. And I think... Just this day in particular, us coming together for AAPI month and also mental health awareness month is very, just like the stars aligned for us to talk about this. Yeah. Because like you said, like I don't expect you to answer my text right away. Mm -hmm. I think, especially over the years, like you mentioned earlier, um, I think maybe pre-pandemic, I don't know if anyone can relate to this, but for the longest time, I would just show up for other people. I would constantly just prioritize other people's experiences over myself. And I, I remember it was after we were all, like we had to be at home alone that that just like woke me up. I was like, dang, I'm burnt out. I'm exhausted. And I still experience that to this day. But like you said, it was like mentally checking in with yourself like, what can I do for myself where that I know I'll feel good? Because like 
hosting something like this is actually very nerve-wracking. I don't know if you guys know, even like when I produce films or commercials, whatever it is, like you have to show up, you know, like as a producer, as a host, as whatever role you're taking on, like you have to show up for other people. Yeah. And but first, I really believe that you have to show up for yourself. And for me, for example, that looks like meditating. So I woke up super early because I was like, I know if I don't do this, I'm just not going to be in the right mindset. And I, I think you had mentioned something earlier, too, of just like letting go of expectations. Mm -hmm. Right. I think we all have an expectation of what we want a certain thing to look like, maybe what you what you expect your music to sound like. But it's really through the process of creating that you find what the end product is going to be. Um, I'm reading this book called The Creative Act by Rick Rubin, and he says that success first comes within yourself. It's not like how many people are that, like for example, how many people are in attendance to this event. Success isn't um, anything tangible. It's first what you find in yourself. And I think, Ro, I would love to know because you have reached a certain part of success of reaching, what, two million streams on Spotify? Yes! Thank you, thank you. First off, we have to celebrate that, yes. That is a level of success. So how do you feel now after you put that song out two years ago and where you're at? Boy, this is kind of loaded. And actually, um, we were just speaking about this. So um, if I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, I have a very hard time with receiving my flowers. And this is something that in my current life I'm processing at the moment where uh, I don't know if it's like a mix of like when I'm in, when I'm in it and I'm, I know I got things to focus on, it's like, okay, cool, I'm gonna celebrate later, I'm gonna celebrate later. And it's like when people come and be like, oh, congrats, great job, I'm just like, thank you, like, you know, it's great, like I'm, I'm here, I'm feeling it, but I don't know, I think, it's just, it's difficult for me because again, like I said, my upbringing was very much like focus on the next thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, you accomplished this, now what's next? So today I'm really learning how to live in the moment, especially when it comes to celebrating the things that I've done because this is huge, like it, it's really big. Before I dropped Heaven on Earth, I hadn't dropped, Honey was my last record that I dropped and that was two years before I dropped this one. And um, Honey, was my most popular song, and that song only had like 5,000 streams. So when I dropped Heaven on Earth, I, my manager and I, I remember we were having a conversation, and he, I showed him the song, and my whole team at the time was like geeked about it. And they, but my manager did ask me like, are you sure you wanna drop this one? Because you haven't dropped music in two years, do you wanna do something that's a little bit more different? And I was like, no, because this, I feel connected to the song differently. And, I remember being in the studio and um, I was telling my producer, they're like, what do you want to work on? I was like, just play me something. Play, get on the keys and play something I want to feel right now. Um, at the time in my life, I was going through it with the relationship that I was in. And again, my grandmother was in her transitional phase. So I was like, I just want to, oh no, 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 wait. She had passed away already a month before, a month before I wrote this. And so I remember he played those first keys that you play. And I was sitting on the couch and I was like, every time I'm away from you. And we stopped and we looked at each other and I was like, keep going, keep going. And so already the energy and 
the spirit that I put behind that song, I just knew. I was like, I don't care if this reaches two or 200 people. I know that this is one of those songs that's going to be so moving in those two or 200 people that's going to hear it. And that's all I care about. I just like had a conversation with a friend last night and I told her, um, I was kind of explaining the you know, the humps that I was feeling in a sense. And I was like, you know, it's not a matter of who's going to show up because I know if five people show up that don't even know me, they're going to leave knowing me. So that's never the problem. But I want to be impactful. I want my music to be impactful and all that stuff. So like two years, uh, a year later, this song is like two million streams out. And I'm just like, whoa. Like, but it does go back to the drawing board because if I didn't believe in myself and I just made a song that was like radio worthy and that sounded great and that I knew would do great in the industry, it would just be like whatever. But like when you set the intention with yourself because mm -hmm. you know where you're at in that moment and you're willing to honor where you're at in that moment with the type of awareness, then it's like everything that you put out, even if it's a conversation with somebody, is going to be that much more impactful. Mm -hmm. So... I don't even know if I answered your question because I kind of like went off. But um, when I first, uh, honestly, you guys, like when I first put out Heaven on Earth, uh, that was a really rough time in my life um, because, again, I have background in nursing. And at the time, I was working in mental health for adolescents who uh, are struggling with, with eating disorders and like mental health disorders and stuff. And... To give you guys a little context, a month prior to me dropping this song, there was an incident at my job where a child um, tried to commit suicide and I was the nurse on shift. And so that completely rocked my world. Because in my years of nursing, I've seen just about everything that you can think of a person being able to see, but like nothing compares to that kind of situation, especially with it being a child, somebody younger than me. and. Um, at that point, I didn't even want to put this song out no more. I was like, I'm good. Like, I was so shook that I was like, I just need to go, like, I need to retreat back. But thankfully, I had a strong support system around me that uplifted me through that process and helped me remember that, yes, although something like that is traumatizing, that's also part of my purpose, right? Like, had I not been there, that girl would not be here today. And it was just that deep. And um, I channeled all of that into my art, like, now I'm going to put this out because now that gives heaven on earth such a different meaning, right? It like serves as such a purpose and a reminder that like our life is so precious and beautiful. Um, but it does start with self. Like you have to remember that you are the person behind the wheel of your life. So it's like however you want it to go, that's exactly how it's going to go. And that even goes with how you talk about yourself, what you think about yourself and how you wake up in the morning and, and go about your day, how you walk down the street every day. So I like I used to direct a dance team for my um, high school. Shout out more soft female. No, I'm kidding. Um, I'm level, that was so cheesy. I'm not cut. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and I used to tell them all the time, like, you know, try to uplift them because being a teenager is hard. We've all been there. And it's like, but that's our world that we know, right? The world is against us. and. F this, F that. But I tell them all the time, I want you to remember one thing, and this is something that I want you guys to carry with you too. Whatever you think about yourself, you are exactly right. And take that as you will. So I heard one of my kids one time, and she was like, oh, I, and I'm a piece of shit. And I was like, you're right, you are. If that's what you want to carry with yourself, you are exactly right. 
So remember that the, the words that you speak into yourself every day, and I have to remind myself that too, because I wake up feeling like, oh, like, gosh, dude, let me just get through this day. But now, and, and even in the depths of me feeling like that, I wake up like, thank you, God, for allowing me another day to understand who I am. Bring me the people who will remind me of who I am today, or remove the people who bring me further away from me. Mm. And I think, um, Life could be really simple, it really can be, and I think it is, but we choose to complicate it because we're so affected by outside factors that don't even matter. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much it. It's just like, just, just keep pouring into yourself, even when you wake up feeling like you don't, you don't feel like it today. Give yourself the credit for getting up, opening your eyes, breathing, take a deep breath and let breathe life into you with that breath. And like those practices every single day is going to start to diminish all of like the negative stuff that you feel in the back of your mind. Mm. I feel that. It takes you. time. Yeah. It takes time. But be patient with yourself. And, I, and another thing is like you're with you 24-7. I could be in a whole relationship and it doesn't matter because I'm with me 24-7. When I go to sleep and when I wake up, even if somebody's laying next to me, like I'm with self. So I get to choose how I treat me every single day. Mm. And it carries. It's like, if you guys see me and I'm walking around like, oh, I don't got to perform. Y'all ain't, you guys won't enjoy my performance, right? But it's like, if you see somebody walking in their element and damn, they love themselves. It's just like, that's subconsciously too how you start teaching people how to treat you and how to approach mm. you and how to respect you. So before you can get the validation from other selves, have a, have a quick scan of where you're at. You know what I mean? And um, just remind yourself that you are the key. Like, you really are. Everything that you need, you're, you already are that. So That's beautiful. Thanks for that reminder. Of course. I, feel like I need to hear that, for sure. Man, me too. Me too. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I feel like it's been more popularized to talk about mental health awareness and everything more recently, especially after the pandemic. And sometimes it's used in a way as like a quick fix. But like you said, it takes work because I've experienced days where like one day I'm on a complete high, I'm having such a great day, like I can't wait. And then the next day, it there isn't even an outside factor. It really is your like, inner voice, just like not feeling it, you know? And I appreciate you bringing that up of just, it is how you talk to yourself. It is a constant practice. It's a constant way to check in of just like, I'm grateful for today. Today's gonna be great no matter what. And again, it's those expectations. And I think especially on social media, social media has, I don't enjoy social media anymore. I'm not a big fan <laughs> and, but, in my world, in video production, it's constant. You have to keep producing. You have to con continuously show up, post every day, use this song, create a Wes Anderson video, you know, <laughs> to, to be popping. And I'm just like, I just want to create stories. I just want to create films. I want to share these conversations. And I think the internet and social media could be such a better place if people were more intentional and weren't reaching for success in numbers or views, because at the end of the day, like you said, it's you, it's just you. Mm -hmm. 
So are those numbers going to translate into, like, are you going to take that to the grave, you know? And I'm grateful that I was born in a generation where I know what it was like to live without the internet. Yeah. You know, like, growing up, I was outside, I was climbing on rooftops at my Nana's house. Yeah, like, I don't, e- I don't even I mean? think these teenagers these days have any battle scars from playing outside. I really don't think they do. They probably got, like, like messed up joints in their thumbs from, like, iPads, right? But I don't, like, look, I still got a... a a gash, on, not a gash, a scar on my knee from when I fell off of a bike and hit right. a car. It was great. <laughs> like, why aren't you guys out there living life? Yeah. You know what I mean? Those were good times. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like, and especially because you're an artist with, you have a lot of eyes on you. There's a lot of pressure and like you said, external noise that can dictate like how you show up. Um, how do you show up for yourself first in a space where maybe that's not prioritized. Does that make sense? If I'm not comfortable there, I'm, you're not seeing me. That's just how it is. It's like, I, I, was, um, I have an experience from a label that I first started with where, um, okay, like I'm a gay woman of color. I don't like dressing girly, I don't. Like comfort for me is everything, hence the flowy pants and like, you know. They tried to make, like, uh, make me be what I wasn't. And so I remember arguing with them because like we had a flyer for Made in PH. And mind you, this was a flyer of my face. And dude was like, yeah, that's a cool flyer. And like, that's a cool picture of you that they picked. He was like, but I just feel like it's not like really showing who you are. And I was like, go ahead and tell me who I am. I was like, go ahead. He was like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Like, no, tell me who I am because you seem to know better about who I am than Roanne herself, so let me know. And I think you, like, what I had to come to terms with was that I have to be okay with missing out on some opportunities if it's not in alignment with who I am as a person. I'm not gonna step out of me to make your life better because mm-hmm. that's not my life. Because what are you going to do for me at the end of the day? Like, it goes back to the drawing board of what we talked about of, like, it doesn't matter. If I'm having to shift myself and really walk outside of alignment of who I am, even if in physical aspect, then you're just not the person that I need to be working with. Because if you want me for my talent, focus on that. Now, I'm not going to show up like hair not brushed and like looking like I just rolled out of bed all the time to these gigs. But, you know, I do put some effort, but don't try to make me who I'm not. Don't try to make me sing what I don't want to sing. Like provocativeness is not like I'm very cute when it comes to stuff like that. It's not like, oh, you know, these rappers and stuff like the things that they be talking about. That's just not me. So it's like. A lot of people will have these ideas for you and what they want you to be because it feeds what they want you to be. But if that's not you, be okay with being without them. Because like your opportunities that's meant for you is never going to miss you. So it's like the one opportunity here where I got to be a little bit more uncomfortable and oh, like I really just don't want to do it or I'm going to just be patient and trust that there's a divine purpose for me and I'm going to just keep walking in whatever flows with me and let everything else that's supposed to be with me, line up. Um, That's pretty much how I do it. And it's just like, yeah, I really pay attention to my energy. I I 
honor my energy so much, my gut instinct, that's the first thing that's going to protect you every single time. So it, if it feels already like this is a little iffy, I'm okay without it. Mm -hmm. I'm good. Because I don't really care. Because I know I'm not missing out on anything. Yeah. You know? And that's I say that in a very humble way. Um, like, I know what I bring to the table. And if you, if you feel like you can accent my life to a different height, do it without making me not be me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, awesome. I think we're almost done, but I would love to open up the conversation to see if anyone has any questions for Rowan. Hey. Hey, anyone? No. I saw, um, I eat seafood only. Tim? No, play. Uh, you talked about your parents. Yeah. Yeah, so both of my parents are from the Philippines. Um, I don't know how they ended up here. I think my grandmother petitioned my mom, and then my mom petitioned my dad. No, 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 wait. See, I'm wrong. I don't even know. I'm terrible. But I know my, my, my uncle, my, one of my mom's brothers, he came here first, and then he petitioned my grandmother, who then petitioned the rest of her kids to come out here. Mm -hmm. So... Um, but my mom started her music journey way back when she was younger, um, playing piano and having their own choir in the Philippines back then, and then just carried that out through in, in the United States. Yeah. But my, my father, honestly, I don't know too much about that guy. We don't, we have a, we don't have a relationship. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. That's okay, yeah. That's okay. Yep. It's a part of your story. It yeah. is, it is a part of my story. Isn't like I'm in this very uh, overwhelming, beautiful transitional part of my life where I'm really looking at everything of my life, and I was just having this conversation earlier. But um, I know that when I drop certain music and when I do certain things, my life is gonna change because I do have a lot of eyes on me, thankfully, and like the the life that I have been wanting to manifest and dream about is coming into fruition but I am scared as heck and so I'm playing footsies with the other side right now and I'm like okay the temperature's cool but like there's no water in there <laughs> I finished it but that's how I feel it's like I don't I don't want to like spill out into the water just like that you know so to be honest with you guys I um as I am unlearning and becoming more aware of myself, I'm realizing why I was or am the way that I am because of my childhood and all this stuff. And that's a freaking loaded process to, mm -hmm. to endure. And um, I know, like, I know everything is kind of just like, okay, bro, like, whenever you're ready, we're over here, and my life is going to make a complete 180. Because I see it. It's on paper already. It's like, dang. The crazy thing is... And I don't know if some of you can relate or not, but I've never lived a life like that. I grew up in chaos. Like, first, um, understanding of intimate love was met with abandonment. So then that played into me being a people pleaser growing up. And it's like these things are coming to the forefront of my mind that I'm starting to unlearn. And it's like, holy crap. So I know spirit is having me wait a little bit so that I could, I could be a little bit more ready for this life that I know that I deserve. But I'm scared because I 
created comfort in chaos. I created comfort in emotional instability and unavailability. So it's like, I, I like, you know, I be saying that I want these things and I want this kind of partner. And then God really was like, here you go. And I'm like, oh, you gave it to me too fast. Hold on, wait. <laughs> so um, it's, it's kind of been, um, I think that's, that's what has been playing that has been a vital part of why I've been feeling down in the dumps lately because again, it's a lot of unlearning and the moment you think you know yourself, another thing comes along and you're like, dang, that too? Like, okay, word. And it comes to a point where you're just done fighting. Mm -hmm. You can't fight it. Like if you ask for certain things in your life, you have to be ready for your higher power to deliver that for you, but then you gotta be ready for the change that comes with it. Yes. And it doesn't come on a silver platter. It comes like swinging. Mm -hmm. So my jaw has been being rocked these last couple <laughs> months where I'm like, hey, yo, like, can I at least get two seconds? They like bang in the stomach and I'm like, OK, it's fine. It's all good. Um, but I I'm not fighting it, like I said earlier, because I know that even though I'm scared of that, mm -hmm. you got to make a choice. Like, do you want to stay where you're comfortable mm -hmm. and complacent or do you want this other life? Because if you're the person in your life that's supposed to be the the. Um, the curse breaker of generational like curses and everything like that you have like unfortunately but fortunately you are that person that's going to go through the trenches yep. like i want my grandkids to like be cool and set i my mom come like she doesn't she, one thing that i know my mom holds like real heavy in her heart is because of her separation with my father that she feels like that messed up mine and my brother's opportunity to go to college and all this mm -hmm. other stuff because like, you know, she had to spend so much money on whatever that situation was. But I'm like reminding her, hey mom, like I still look, like I'm still successful, mom. And it's like, I wanna be the person in my family who provides for my mom. Like uh, my mom is, our parents are getting older, right? And it's just like, I don't wanna see my mom having to work all the time, all the time like that. Like, let me be your paycheck each month. And my future kids, it's like, sure, if my mom wanted that life for me, if my, I'm t if, if not one of my kids comes out musically inclined, return to sender. But besides that, I want my children to, um, I want to be able to provide for my future kids. And if they say, mom, I want to be a basketball player, cool, we're going to sign you up tomorrow. And like, I remember having to pick and choose what I wanted to ask my mom sometimes mm. if I could do just because I knew she was the, the bread maker for me and my brothers, and even that looked rough. So I have to make the choice today to heal and to understand myself better so that I'm not blocking my blessings. Because mm -hmm. right now, I tell you, I got a hand and foot out. Like, wait, <laughs> life for me? like. Financial abundance, financial freedom, a healthy, happy love, literally right here. And I'm like, not yet. But for what? If not now, when? Yeah. And I think we're so, we're so uh, afraid to fail, so we keep trying to catch ourselves in these moments. Mm -hmm. But it's like, why? How do you know it's not going to work out? Right, exactly. So I like have to let myself fall on my butt. You know what's crazy, you guys? I actually have a legit fear of falling, like tripping and falling, I'm so scared of. And I think it's because of the embarrassment. But then when you think about it spiritually, it's it's like that too. I'm afraid to fall, so I keep catching myself. Mm. 
it is okay is 1000% okay like the person that I'm I'm kind of dating I was telling her like I'm so scared I'm so scared to move forward with you I'm afraid because this is the first relationship full transparency that I'm not starting unhealthily uh, my past relationships were oh you're emotionally unavailable me too I got one foot in one foot out this is perfect <laughs> perfect but now I'm like, no, nah, I want to be two feet in. But I'm like, oh, it's, it's scary. It's going to mm -hmm. be scary, but like high risk, high reward. It's always going to be worth it. And again, you guys are the, the key to your own life. So mm -hmm. decide today what you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, something came to mind, and I think it's a quote. I'm not even sure who said it, where it's from. But your new life is going to cost you your old one. Brianna Weiss, yep. Thank you. The Mountain you. Is You, great yes. book. Yes, okay, thank you. I was like, yeah. I know it's a quote. Yeah. I see it everywhere, it's on yep. Instagram. I'm reading that book right oh. now. Yeah. Oh, wow, see? It's, it's funny. It's like constant reminders, yeah. right? Um, I love that you did bring up that we are in this place to break generational trauma. Mm -hmm. coming from being a daughter of an immigrant is very, it's hard because mm -hmm. they have expectations for us, right? Um, I'm not sure if many of you could relate, but uh, being first-gen Filipina, both of my parents came to the States straight up just, they dove into work. My dad joined the Navy as soon as he got here. As soon as my mom graduated high school, she was just constantly working. And their vision for me definitely did not look like this. <laughs> their vision of success was that stereotype of be a nurse, be a lawyer, be something that's stable. So when I told them that I was going to freelance and start my own business, it was terrifying for them. And rightfully so. You know, They just want to see us thrive. They don't want to see us struggle. And it is also going through these experiences and sharing with them, like, I have to go through my own struggles, you know, and I have to face everything on my own with a partner who understands me and what I'm going through so that I can build this future for my future self and my future children and what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And it is, it, it takes a lot of sacrifice, but it also takes a lot of inner work. So I appreciate you for saying that. Of course. And talking yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's tough. I, I had to, and you guys gotta stop being afraid of your parents, <laughs> especially us Filipinos, stop, okay? I know when we talk back or when we answer a question, it's talking back, but like, I think our parents are also like, when you move forward in this life, you just, you start to understand that a lot of people are just broken people. Mm. A lot of people are so misunderstood. And I realized like my mom operate, operated from like a hurt teenager or like a young 20s person when all of her traumas started to happen, of which I knew. And so it's okay to have those difficult conversations. Like when you really want somebody to understand where you're coming from, say it and then let them process it on their own. And then going back to what we were talking about earlier, if they don't get it, that should not stop your life from moving forward in the direction that you want to. Because again, we have to stop living life for other people other than ourselves. Mm -hmm. That's the true key to freedom and the true key to like 
living an abundant and like weightless life for yourself is to stop moving because it's going to affect how this person thinks or how this person feels. They got to figure it out on their own. I had to tell my mom, like, you know, <laughs> I like sometimes struggle with letting my mom know when I'm struggling mentally because her answer is immediately, see, enough, move back home. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> <sighs> Rowie, listen, <laughs> listen to me. That's not the answer, okay? If you want me to do better, I promise you it's not by moving back home. It's not. Um, but I remember having a conversation with my mom when I was struggling with the whole incident that happened after my job and I was crying to her and I remember kind of like kind of really blowing up on my mom like mom stop saying that and oh because she was pissed off at me because I kept having an attitude and I was just like well that's what happens when you have PTSD like whatever and she was like well I don't understand it and that was the first time that I like my mom said something like that, but I was not in the space anymore because I knew I was so upset to even explain to her what I was going through. So I just sent her a pamphlet of like what PTSD was looking like and all this stuff. So when I talked to her again, I was like, mom, I'm struggling right now and there's nothing you can do to help me fix it. And, and when you tell me to move home, it doesn't help me. I, outside of this, am happy where I'm at. I need you to understand that when I'm trying to operate outside of what I feel like I'm supposed to do in this life, that's when I get most depressed. That's when I don't, I just need you to trust me. And if you want to support me, be happy for me. Mm. I'm not asking you for no money. I'm not asking you for none of this stuff. Just let my work show. And sometimes you got to keep reminding them of that. When it gets tiring, just stop talking. <laughs> I just be like, okay, ma. She's like, move home. I'm like, okay. Because mm -hmm, she knows I'm not serious. But it's like, it's never too late to, to teach the people around you that you care about, that you are developing into your own human being. And it's like the moment that we can understand each other is when you let go of what you think of me in my mind. But the only way that they're going to do that is that you got to keep being true to who you are and showing them that every single time. And my mom didn't take me serious because it was like, one day I'm like, Ma, I'm going to open up my business. Ma, I'm going to be a singer. Ma, I'm going to be a backup singer. Ma, I'm gonna, and then she was like, okay, like what, the f like, what do you want to do? So I understand why she wouldn't take me serious. But now she's like, she's seen me on TFC, so now she's oh. like, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. she's like, Anak. That, that's, that's it right there. Yeah, she's like, Anak, my friends recorded you on TFC. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, see, Mom? Like you just success. gotta believe in me. That's success. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not two million streams. Not I moved out of her house and mm -hmm. moved up to a whole new city. She's TFC. Uh, mm -hmm. Hey, if that's what it takes, then cool. Yeah. So. That's yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Of course. Um, does anyone else have any questions for Rowan? I have one question. Okay. Mm -hmm. want to flourish. What feeling or opportunity do you need to allow yourself? Mm. I'm I'm still I'm still figuring out the answer to that. Because honestly, I removed every other blockage that was in my life. Like I when I left my past relationship, I felt like that was a blockage. Moved out of the city, that was a blockage. So it's like when you start cleansing around you and you still feel something, it's like, dang, I can't even blame nobody no more. It's really just me. So 
in like in the process of moving out of my own way is how it's learning how to move out of my own way and i feel like again like i said earlier finding the answer to that is by honoring the things that i have to do every single day not the music stuff but like the things like getting out and getting some sun or you know playing with my dog mm -hmm. even though she likes to try to bite me like mm -hmm. i thought bougie i'm gonna start biting you back i'm gonna start biting you. don't play but it's like stuff like that that you got to do every single day things that remind me that i'm human and I think that's when I start moving out my own way. Because when I'm like down in the dumps and I'm like, I'm gonna record a song, I'm like, girl, no, you're not. You're not, you're not gonna record a song, cause how? So right now I am in that process, being around here and speaking to you guys and just receiving the energy that you guys are exuding in this moment is really feeding me back, you know, and um, reminding me of like who I am. And, um, I remember before my gig yesterday, I was so not in the mood to go, and I was calling everybody like, hey, can I come like in 10 minutes? Can I come in 15 minutes? Can I come like later? Because I just didn't want to go. So finally, I took a moment, and I sat, and I meditated, and I prayed like, please, just this weekend, just remind me, because right now I'm so far gone. And I would just like that gentle reminder that I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. Remind me of the life that this, this gives me, because... I was feeling done, y'all, like not on some like heavy stuff like that, but I just was like, I'm good. Like, I don't wanna keep figuring it out anymore. But I think the reason why we struggle so hard is because we keep trying to clench onto this control. And the moment you realize it's not up to you, put what you want out there and then let it come to you and stop trying to put all the chess pieces where it's supposed to go, that's where everything starts to become a lot more clear. Because I don't know if what or who you guys believe in, but for me, it's like, we think that our plan is so big and grand, but then creator takes this plan of ours and it's like, you know, but I have it like this for you. So if you would just let go of what you think this is supposed to look like, I can show you that I'm amplifying that. Mm -hmm. So... um I'm trying to remind myself daily of like how to move out and it, it's in this because usually I'd be cooped if I didn't have to show up today I'd be like in LA just like laying in my bed or something but getting out here and being around you guys who I haven't seen like some of y'all I haven't seen in freaking like years like that baby was in her belly the last time I seen her and and they were at a gig listening to me sing so like now the product is here and I'm just like, you know, he was like waving at me. It was cute. It was so wholesome. These are the little moments that um, bring life back into me. So Thank you. I'm getting emotional. Aww. It's kind of wild. Well, I think that pretty much sums up our conversation. I want to thank you all for being here. Um, do you have any last piece of advice that you'd like to share with everyone? I just really, really want you guys to remember the, the two things that I said earlier, but now it's just one, because only one I can remember, but um, that you're with you 24-7. That's the biggest thing. So no matter what somebody said to you, how this person made you feel, or even if it's a moment that was good, just remember that all of that is just outside noise. And... Um, you get to like decide the course of your life and how you want just even your simple everyday to look like by remembering that my life is for me. There's nobody else here but me. Like we just, just yeah, that's it. Just 
decide how you want to treat yourself. And the other thing that I want to leave you guys with, with like a mental note or some homework that I want, and I want you guys to reach out to me, give me your answers. No, I'm kidding. But um, if you're in a position right now where you're in this heavy loaded, like transitional moment, or I don't really know what I want to do, I want you guys to walk away with this question. And I want to ask you, like, who are you? So like, not who are you, the nine to five person, whatever. I remember I was speaking to one of my mentors and that was when I was deciding I did not want to be a nurse. He was like, okay, so who are you then? Mm. I was like, well, I'm like kind of like, like I work as a nurse in the day. He was like, no, 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 no. Cause you don't want to be that. So who are you? And claim who that person is and start living by them, commit to them and do everything that that brings you closer to who that person is until you are completely her or him or them. And um, I would definitely love to have a conversation with all, all y'all later, even if like you message me and be like, yo, like if it's months from now and, and this kind of resonates at a, at a time or part in your life, like connect and, and let's talk about it. Yeah. And I love you guys, mm. that's it. Love you. I love you. Thank you. Of course, <laughs> yeah. Yay. Well, that's a wrap, you guys. Thank you. Yay. I appreciate that. That was so good. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. You can connect with Roran on social media or tune in to her music on any streaming platform of your choice. I linked all of her information down in the episode notes, or you could take a look at our website. And as always, thank you so much for joining us here at Space for Our Stories, where your story matters, connections thrive, and where we have the power to shift the narrative. I'll talk to you all next time. Bye.